Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone on 92.9 FM ESPN. Today's special guest host, Jeffrey Wright. Time gone. Each and every day here on the Jeff Calkins Show, we welcome Chris Harrington to the program. Brad, let's fire it up. Now, it's Chris Harrington on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Presented by Church Health, caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. Chris, what are we listening to? Uh, Long Time Coming by Crosby, Stills, and Nash from their debut album. That's a David Crosby song from them. Uh, he passed away yesterday. Also, uh, I assume this was recorded in L.A., right? I feel like they most of their more stuff. Than, more than likely, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's see. Uh, Chris has a mailbag up over the Daily Memphian. Lots of good questions to get to, but I think I kind of wanted to start here. In terms of... It, it, it is funny now how I feel like the theme in a lot of the questions, it feels like the theme in a lot of the questions that you get is, I know this team's good, but like how good? And I think it's funny because that's kind of the same question that I have. Do you feel like you've gotten a better grasp uh, of when you try to contextualize it? Well, I mean, the question I led with that sort of made my sort of lead item <clears throat> was something I'd, I'd been planning to write anyway. Ahead of the before the season was over, but I, since I got a bad question, I went ahead and did it now. And that's like, how unusual is it for a team as young as the Grizzlies to to win to win it all, to right. win a title? And 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 so I looked at that in two ways. I looked at it in terms of what's the age of the best player. I looked at it in terms of what's the age of your top three players, your real core. And John Brown's twenty three years old. He'll be twenty three years old at the end of these playoffs. So how many twenty three year olds have been the best player on a title team? I mostly look since 1980 because I think that's sort of modern, sort of modern NBA really starts. You know, the the dawn of the Bird and Magic era. Since 1980, there's really only two guys, and it's Magic Johnson and Tim Duncan. Like that's it. And if you go further back, I think I didn't look at every single year, but I'm pretty sure there's only two even before that, and that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell. So, like that's um, like literally the the, the like the, <laughs> the the like the pinnacles of the game, like the the best right. of the best players. Yes. So. Guys, now, now Kawhi Leonard did win the NBA, did did win the Finals MVP when he was when he was um, 22, but he was not the best player on that team. Tim Duncan was the best player on that team, and even if you even if you throw that in there and make it five, 
the other thing about it is that in all five of those circumstances, those young players were flanked by 30-something Hall of Famers. You know, Magic Johnson at 20, he was playing with Kareem, who was 32, and you know that Kawhi team had Tim Duncan, and the Tim Duncan team early on had David Robinson, and 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 the first Kareem team in Milwaukee had Oscar Robertson, and Bill Russell's team when he was young had Bob Cousy. They weren't flanked by like Desmond Bain and Sharon Jackson Jr. So, um, I mean, you can get into, you can get to the weeds. You read them up, you get into the weeds. But basically, what I found was there are very few very few teams have won a title with a 23 year old or or younger as their best player, and even fewer have won a title with their top three players combined combined age combined for 70 years old, which is what John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jared Jackson are. In fact, there's really only one, and that's the Spurs team where Tony Parker was 20 and um, and, and Tim Duncan was 26. But Tim Duncan was 26 winning the second title. So I think if the Grizzlies won the title this year, in terms of their core, their, their, three, their top three players, it would be the youngest team in that in that in that way to look at it ever to win a title. Well, I think that's kind of the the other interesting dilemma for me because I do think we're seeing sports in general is just skewing younger. And yeah, no. And so, like, you know, is it possible that that you know the information that we have from the past maybe is not necessarily to say like it doesn't apply or it's not applicable, but maybe maybe it it doesn't correlate as well. But at the same time, like, well, what are the? Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say one of the points I made along. So, so once I looked at teams that won the title, I I I, I, I st- step back and included teams that made the finals but didn't win a title. Right. So you do, you double the sample at that point. And one of the teams that's closest is actually the Celtics last season, yeah. where, where Jason Tatum was twenty three, and then the other two two best players on that team were in their mid twenties, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. That team was collectively a little bit older in terms of their top three than these Grizzlies, but not a lot older. And you you had a twenty three year old, you know, and so they didn't win the title, but they made it to the finals. And maybe the fact that that happened just last season does, does sort of indicate that we're in a period that's going to be more open to this kind of breakthrough. Well, the 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 thing that I was thinking about that I think might actually apply that I think you could say like historically, like I do wonder if playoff experience, like because we had mentioned how one of the things that the super team era took away was the kind of the concept of the team having to, you know, like, honestly, like the the historical arc of a team where they finally, you know, exercised a demon or they finally got over the hump against a certain team. Like, I do wonder, though, if that's if, – if we're kind of starting to see that because I think Boston would apply to a certain degree. You know, they, they fell short to the Warriors in the playoffs. The Grizzlies fell short to the Warriors. Like, I do start – I am wondering if – like, that's kind of the one, the one question I have with no. Denver. That, 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 this is an interesting point because, you know, yes, John Morant's only 23. John Morant's 23 is going to be going into his fourth experience of postseason basketball. Right. And when you go back in the past, you know, when you look at, like, guys, who, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think Jordan was, like, 26 or whatever when he finally broke through and, and won his title and some of these others. But these players weren't, like, at age 23, weren't going into their fourth postseason because they just didn't come into the league that young. Well, and, and like, that's the thing, like, I keep wondering is, Maybe maybe age is not the right the right metric. Maybe it is experience. But then at the same time, like I don't, right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like when Kawhi joined the Raptors, I don't feel like the playoff experience the Raptors had previously. You know, in, in the end, in the end, that series was determined by injury, kind of like last year was determined by injury. And I guess that's kind of the other thing is 
it's fun to discuss all of these, you know, where where does this team stack up? Isn't it overwhelmingly obvious that it feels like whoever is going to end up winning this is going to be the team that found a way to stay the healthiest? Yeah, I mean, that's always the wild card you can't project in the playoffs. And, you know, we made the point with, you know, the grit and grind era where the best teams they had weren't the teams that went the furthest, in my opinion. It was the team, it was among the good teams that had the best luck injury-wise. And it was where... They were relatively healthy, but then, you know, Blake Griffin's banged up and Russell Westbrook is yeah. out and, and that kind of stuff, right? And so that's that's the kind of thing that's, you know, that's just rolling the dice stuff, basically. That's hard. You can't really project that out. You may not have thought about this yet, but I'm curious. Where do you think this team stacks up in terms of other great Grizzlies teams? Um, I, you know, I'd have to go back and look, get into the weeds a little bit on some of those teams. Um, one thing I did note, like on when I wrote about the MLK Day game, um, which was a mid, you know, they they were they were, you know, either tied for first or half a game back, the first in the West, whatever it was, and they'd won nine in a row going into that game. Um, that that they, that was not the best record they had had going into that game. That was back in 2015, and that 2015 team, I think the Grizzlies are what. Thirty and thirteen right now, something like that. Correct. 31 and 30, Thirty-one and thirteen. And if you were comparing it to that team, they were based. That team got to thirty wins one game sooner, and then they also well, went team, like on a tear. That, yeah. That team. That team at one point was thirty-nine and thirteen. Yeah. So this Grizzlies team, this win streak, could have to get really, really long to match that. Now that team skidded a little bit at the end and ended up with fifty-five wins, which is less than a, a different two other two different Grizzlies teams, including last season, got. We'll see where this team ends up. But I do think – I'm pretty sure this team has an offense-defense balance that is better than any, even the best of the teams of that other era. Um, those teams were great defensively. I don't think they were ever as good offensively as this Grizzlies team is, even with some of its shooting questions. And so I, I, I think this team has an upside, not just, you know, not just long-term projecting out, which it clearly has a higher upside. I think right now it has a higher upside than, than any other team. Because yeah, because I agree with you. Because the problem that you know, the problem that I always had when we try to compare and contrast to this team to that team is the biggest problem is for me. I feel like this is the best the Grizzlies have been at playing the modern game or playing whatever the the contemporary version is of what the best teams look like. Like for instance, the QB teams that were good. Well. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like they found a formula that worked for them, but that, you know, it didn't have a ceiling. Same thing with the Grizzlies. Like, to me, it was the the grit and grind era. was like they were, you know, they pitched backwards. They were a team that, you know, was throwing the breaking stuff when everybody else was throwing fastballs. This, to me, feels like the best the Grizzlies have been playing a style that that the top of the top plays. Yeah, that's right. This is not a gimmick team relative to its era. Right. right? It's not... You know, I, th- th- those old grit and grind teams may have, may have been knuckleball teams. You yes, know? I mean, no, for you sure. Know, it was like, right, it was, they were like the Necro brothers out there or something in the context. Um, this is not that. This is a team that fits its era. Um, it has its own quirkiness, as all teams do, but it's not unusual unusual in its style or construction uh, other than its youth. That is unusual. Teams this young typically aren't, you know, like last year they were the second youngest team with the second best record, and that, that never happens. Um, that's the way that they're unusual, the sort of ahead of schedule quality of, of, of as young as they are. But other than that, no, they, they, they you know, there's, there's, there's nothing to disbelieve other than questioning the youth and then 
the obvious thing of like the field always is a better chance than an individual team. Do you like the Do you like the fit of the Nuggets better than the fit of the Grizzlies when when all, they have all their pieces? I like the. I get back to the age thing. I like the age of the Nuggets. I, I like the. I like the. You know the, the, that Nuggets team has been to a conference final. Yeah. Um, that Nuggets team, their three best players are, I believe, 27, 27, 25, not 23, 23, 24. That may seem like a small difference, but I think that's kind of a meaningful difference. I think early 20s to like mid-late 20s, that mid-late 20s is sort of your classic breakthrough period. You know, Giannis is 26 when he won his first title. I think, you know, Jordan was around there. I think that's more of a typical. Steph Curry was 26 when he won his first title. I, I think that's more of the typical age range for a breakthrough team. And so I, you know, I, I tend to, to, to favor that slightly if I'm trying if I'm trying to be objective about it. Sure, but that's a team that's built around a center, and that is not of the moment, right? Right? I mean, that is that is that is like you know that's that's back in the day. That's Olajuwon territory, right? Or Kareem territory. That is not the construction of title teams these days. And so that to me is their question: Is can a team as great as he is? Can a team built around a true center? go all the way in, in 2023 NBA. How much of their falling short in the playoffs is actually Jokic's fault? That's kind of where I've struggled because I feel like there's some people – there's, there's this weird – I'd, I'd have to go back and look. I know there's that reputation. I yeah, don't know if that's, I, that's true. That's the thing. Like, I, and it's by people again, that I they, like and that I respect. They, like, Rasilla was talking again, about this, was, and I like Rasilla. I mean, again, that, that team was made of conference finals um, in the bubble. It was in the bubble, but it was still made of, made of conference finals. What happened with that team was they made the trade for Aaron Gordon, and that was their final piece trade. That was you add that to what they had. Now we have the look of a title team, and they were awesome when they added him. And then Jamal Jamal Murray got hurt, so it felt like they've been in a little bit of a waiting pattern for the last couple of years, the last year and a half. While Jamal Murray, who missed all the entirety of last season, has made his way back from that injury. And only now, as he's getting, he's really getting back to what he was before. It seems only now are they getting, they reconstituting the team that they had built, you know, two years ago. But I don't know if I believe that that team has underperformed in the playoffs. Really, I'd have, have to go back and take a closer look. But I don't, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I, has that narrative been out there, and I'm now just noticing it, or it feels like no, it that's has, just it has. okay. People say that, but I, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not prepared to co-sign that sentiment. That's what I'm saying. Well, and then the other argument is, well, he gets played off the floor. Am I missing something? I don't remember him getting played off the floor defensively. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I'm not. We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, I, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to play him off the floor, and that's one thing no, I wonder if about. Anything matchup, plays, if anything, he plays. If anything, he plays the right. Grizzlies off the floor. Like they have to change how they play him. Even Stephen Adams has admitted that that's the hardest guard for him. Well, I look. You know, one of one of the mailbag questions was, "Hey, preview this potential playoff matchup." Yeah. and like I'll save the, I'll save that in full for when it happens. But I did like three paragraphs on that because I have been thinking about it already. And the thing about the Grizzlies' defense, which is the best defense in the NBA, is they, they it's predicated on like on non traditional matchups. They don't they don't line up your or one against your one or two against your two or, or you know they mix it up to to, to get it the right way. And Denver, I think, really makes going to make that difficult. And so you got that aspect of it. But then you have the aspect of it where, remember what Carl Anthony Towns did with Adams in the first round yeah. last season, and Jokic is a lot better than him. I also think the Grizzlies panicked on that. No, I, I think that's right. They, they, they may have overreacted to that. Yeah. That's, that's certainly a defensible position. 
you bring up an interesting point because this was something Mark and I were talking about yesterday afternoon. We both feel pretty confident. I don't know who's going to finish one or who's going to finish two, but barring barring significant injury, we both think the Grizzlies and Nuggets have separated themselves. Do you have any confidence how three through ten shakes up? Because I really don't. Like, like I can start making cases for everyone, but I don't feel confident of saying, well, this team's going to finish here, that team's going to finish there. When you look at three through ten, like I think that is the most fascinating aspect of the next three months. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I have no confidence. I, I agree that Denver, Memphis have separated. They're going to be the top two seeds in one, one order or another. Three through twelve is you know within six games. So I so I think the battle for at every point where there's a separation, like the battle for home court in the first round between four and five. Yeah, the battle for making the playoffs rather rather than the play in between six and seven. The battle of making the play in or missing completely between ten and eleven. Like all that stuff's going to be really hotly contested, I, and I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. I don't have a strong conviction for how it's going to land, but I have sort of a hunch. I sort of feel like, as much as they've been maybe the two teams that have underperformed the most all season, unless you count the Lakers, which I don't, because I always thought they were going to stink. Yeah, Robert, they're really. Yeah, and so the two teams that maybe have underperformed the most relative to their expectations in the season, Minnesota and Golden State, I think there's a good chance both those teams are in the top six. I mean, you know, Minnesota's only half game back from that now. They're both only half a game back from that right now. I think New Orleans without Zion is in danger of slipping. I don't believe Utah, which is at six right now, is going to be in the top six. It wouldn't surprise me if both of those teams crept up into the top six and avoided the play-in. I'm with as you. Much as they've struggled. Well, and again, I admitted that I could. this could be recency bias because the last time I had watched the Timberwolves was on Wednesday, and they gave Denver everything they wanted. And you could start to see, like, uh, they're they're kind of figuring it out a little bit. The biggest struggle got, that I had. Sorry, go ahead. They got they've got Kafka fever in Minnesota right now. Oh, yeah. it, it, it is it is the week of slow mo. Oh yeah, our, our our man is dealing right now. Well, the other problem though is like I'm like oh they look better. Well, Towns isn't playing. Like it's like okay, right. well that's kind of a right. problem too. Like you know that's that's kind of a, a an issue. But the other thing that I kept thinking about is can Golden State? Can we really talk about them as? true title contender if they're sitting there in the play-in. I tend to say no, but I think the, the no. caveat with that is, well, I think they're going to play their way out of that. I don't think they're going to be in the play-in. I, I would agree with that, but I don't think they're going to be in the play-in. And I know they lost last night. They lost in overtime at Boston. And they, bl- um, they like blew that- it. They, they, that yeah. was a shocking loss in the sense of, they forget overtime, they should have won that thing in regulation. I feel like you know, maybe they're going to keep puttering, but I feel like they're going to make a they're going to make a move here here in the coming months, in the coming weeks and months. And I think there's a decent chance they get up to third. I mean, they're only four games back of that. And look at the teams in between; it would not surprise me at all if they got up to third. I've determined that uh, my Donnie Darko team of this year it's the it's the team that everyone tells me is really good, but I just don't get it. Um, I'm still on the Clippers with them. I. I Everyone keeps saying, like, watch out, watch out, watch out. I, are we sure that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are, like, good still and that that roster is good still? No, I'm teetering on out on the Clippers. I'm not there yet, but I'm teetering on out. I included them in the mailbag in a mailbag question about, you know, teams I think, you know, could be in the finals. And I put them in my third tier of, like, I, do, I would be surprised, but, like, you know, I wouldn't have a heart attack. 
I, I'm, I'm close to pushing them completely out of that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm teetering on out on the Clippers. I really am. I, you know, can I, can I see Kawhi Leonard? Because they've been good when both those guys have played. Can I see that in the playoffs? Yeah, but can I see it for four rounds of the playoffs? I can't. I really can't. That's kind of my biggest problem. It's when the argument for a team is two names – that's when I say, like, I need more. You know what I mean? Like, because that, yeah. be like, that's reputation. That's not, that's not proof. Yeah. No, I, I don't. It, it seems like it's, to me, you know, you look at Golden State and the Clippers as the teams that, you know, both a game under 500, but have this sort of title pedigree. At least Clippers have it borrowed from the Raptors and the Spurs. Right. Kawhi Leonard. Um, I just think Golden State's a much better bet to get it together than the Clippers. All right. Grizzlies and Lakers tonight. I don't know, because Brad was asking me like what to make of this, where, you know, at a certain point, LeBron offensively has been spectacular this season. It is kind of funny to watch him try to play defense at times or not even really try, but if the Grizzlies show up and play, they, they should handle the Lakers tonight, correct? Is it is it that simple? Because that's kind of how I, I've been thinking I mean, about it. You can always lose a regular season NBA game. I mean, especially on the road, especially when there's a great player on the other side. I mean, you know, they're eleven and ten uh, on the road. So I don't, you know, I, I don't assume anything, but but I certainly think, I certainly think, you know, if every if both teams play play to their normal capability, even in Los Angeles, I think the Grizzlies win the game. But you know, who knows? It's a regular season basketball game. I mean, yeah, if someone someone could come out and shoot, you know, hit six threes, and all of a sudden the game is different. The way that I kind of thought about it is, let's say you even you, you give LeBron his respect and you say he's still the best player on the floor. Don't the Grizzlies have the next five? Yeah, that, that Lakers team is not good. I mean, this yeah. is, I think, from the beginning, beginning of the year. Like, yes, if LeBron and Davis both play MVP level like they you know did back in the bubble, could that team, you know, be good? Yes, but it, they, they have to have that. And because and, and the rest of that team, you know, 3 through 15 is like the Houston Rockets or something. I You know, and, and to me, you could, there was no way you could rely, and this is proven, I mean, I, I wasn't going on a limb here. It was, I think this was obvious, but it's proven correct. There was no way you could you could rely on those two guys both being great all season long and it's, healthy. It's, it's the age and the no. Well, that's why. That's why you can't rely on it, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not shocked at where the Lakers are. No, like that was when I realized. You know, this is a bad team. When people are talking about like, well, Austin Reeves is out. It's like if Austin Reeves being out makes a difference, that's a problem. That's not a good basketball team. Like that—that that, that's kind of where I am. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like Lonnie Walker. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you know, Pat Bev, Pat Bev. I mean, it's just not. It's like it's like not even a good expansion team because there's no good young players. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's a mess. What a shame! What a shame. Chris, have a great weekend. We appreciate it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.